What is it like for a veteran professor of Bible and theology at the Moody Bible Theological Seminary to enter into what's happening at Asbury University? How can we all experience renewal and revival in our lives? Dr. Bill Thrasher is that veteran professor who's with us this morning to help answer these questions and share his personal experience. Bill Thrasher is also a frequent speaker for churches and retreats across the country. He's the author of Believing God for His Best, A Journey to Victorious Praying, Principles of Christian Living from Romans 5 through 8, The Attributes of God in Pauline Theology, and Living the Life God Has Planned. And good morning, Bill. Good to be with you. God bless you. Thanks for your faithful ministry there. Yeah, appreciate you, Bill, always to have you on. So I want to talk about your experience a little bit as uh, you just got back from uh, down in Kentucky. So what was uh, what was your experience like, Bill? Well, you know, we arrived on a Wednesday, and uh, I traveled down with a, a faithful, uh, godly pastor, very praying pastor, and his wife, and my wife was with me as well. And and uh, Thursday was the uh, I had scheduled to be down there before the revival started uh, because it was the 200th anniversary of the Collegiate Day of Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, a very significant time, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, where they encourage people to adopt college campuses and pray for them. It had been very significant in regard to the history of our nation, um, where God has done an amazing work on college campuses. I know we experience great darkness in there now, but that that's what was now, it's the first time it ever been held at Asbury. Uh, it's mm. February 23rd, but it was February 8th in that chapel, as you know, that was just an ordinary chapel. And a person just gave a, an, an encouraging message, and if people wanted to linger and just uh, his message there on Romans 12, the last part of it, he says, well, we can't love unless we know love, and all those exhortations to love even your enemies. And so he said, you know, boy, I was abused by my father. But he considered that love. That wasn't love. And some of you really need to experience the love of God. If you want to 20 people stuck, stuck around. Mm. And the chapel that was supposed to live for hour went on for days. Um, mm. And so now that that was preceded. So that's what we're sort of going into. Um, and, then, of course, there were people descending in from, from everywhere. Uh, I think people— from 200 different colleges over the over the period of those days came, uh, just observing and participating. People from different countries came, and you know there mm. would be a person in line saying, "Where did you? Oh, we flew in from the UK. Where did you? Oh, wow. we came from California. Driver, oh, we drove." You know? So you know it was an amazing and a little bitty town. Wilmore is just like 6,000 people. So, um, but what we what we witnessed, and so I wouldn't call myself. I, I was just there for um, part of three days, and. Uh, and very little on two of those, but one full day. And uh, we witnessed, I love this, what they were calling a radical humility. Uh, it was like when, even in that service that was simulcast all across the world mm-hmm. on uh, the Thursday night, you know, there was, there. it was like a person would come up and speak, but they, they, he didn't, they didn't give their name. They didn't give their title, whether it was the president or anybody else, you know, it was, uh, in fact, they, it was, it was, it wasn't full of celebrities, you know, they were, but it, there was just one focus. It was Christ. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. it was really beautiful. Uh, so that, that nameless titleless work of God, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat anonymous and, uh, raw confession and repentance. And they gave place for appropriate testimonies to be shared, strongholds broken salvation for some people that had professed Christ, but didn't, hadn't really known him. And some, you know, it's the 
somebody profess Christ, and there would be an eruption of applause greater than you'd hear at a football game. Mm. So, so, uh, so what we saw was very positive, you know, uh, certainly for all. There was just an environment of love and, and worship and uh, attention to him. So um, what we saw was very, very positive. You know, anytime God works, there's always counterfeit works, you know. But uh, we saw we saw something very, very positive, but we were thrilled to be a part of that. You know, I had I was so wanted to go because uh, I'd never been to Asbury, and I had probably shown that Asbury revival account that happened in 1970 with the late Dennis Kenlaw narrating that, who was president at that time. I'd probably shown that 100 times. Mm. Um, and it was just a, that was a chapel that was supposed to last for an hour that lasted for a week. And that chapel and that revival, they they canceled all classes. They didn't cancel classes here. I mean, although it was twenty four hour chapel, um, so it was an amazing. Uh, uh, but that really affected. See, I, that's the era I was in in the later seventies. I was a college student, and there was now I didn't know about what had happened to Asbury, but there was revival going on on college campuses. There were just hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people thrust in the Lord's service. That was the time of the Jesus Revolution. There's been a movie came out about that, as you know. So that that was a very significant. So it, it just sparked interest. If that, I mean, I I wouldn't be here apart from what God did there. Yes. Uh, in my life, I was at a secular university, Auburn University, mm. and majoring in business. But God thrust me into uh, a different life. And uh, so, uh, anyhow, I. We, wow. I like they're calling it an awakening. You know, will the results end up really being a revival? Well, I, we pray so. We pray, you know, that God would put out his sheer mercy upon us, you know, in this incredible time of need. So yes. uh, um, I'm, I'm grateful to, to have had that short experience with it. And I'm, I, I, I think God's people need to pray, need to pray. I just was, you know, God works through prayer. I have to just be preparing a message on Revelation 8 for next week. And uh, as God's prayer goes up, God responds uh, to the prayers of his people. So uh, mm. anyhow, that's our encouragement. So mm. that's a long answer to your question, but it was a, it was a great privilege to be there. Mm. So, Bill, what is a revival? I mean, do we have a definition? Is it scriptural? Does it come from scripture? Or Well, it is when uh, uh, God... God is present everywhere, mm -hmm. but when God manifests his presence mm -hmm. in special ways that uh, I, I like, you know, when you talk about it, I like these because, you know, people were asking me that, you know, even students. OK, mm -hmm. well, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, and um, I like these these seven things to expect if when revival happens, God's word will be exalted mm. and authoritative over human experience. Uh, there'll be an intense conviction of sin leading to repentance. It was just like one thing matters. You're living before God and him and get right with him. It doesn't matter what who's around you to the right or the left. Uh, there'll be humility and a brokenness. Mm. Um, deliberate acts of reconciliation and restitution. Uh, a dear person, you know, dealing with hurt in their past, saying, you know, well, wow. And a person coming saying, you know, I'm finally willing to forgive my mother and father for their divorce. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, that hurt me so bad, you know. Mm -hmm. But deliberate acts of reconciliation, restitution, uh, a growing interest in prayer, uh, an overflowing joy, 
and uh, and and it doesn't end with just me. It's it's an evangelism that will flourish. So uh, those are the results. So uh, yes, I mean uh, the the church started in a prayer meeting there in Acts two. Mm-hmm. That was the dear late Armand Armand Gessman, you know, who used to say, "Well, God's strategy is pretty clear," you know. Uh, David Bryant used to call him the grandfather of the prayer movement in America. Armand Guest wouldn't be a well-known name now, but uh, he's with the Lord. I met him when he was 92. I had his grandson as a student. But uh, anyhow, that that is revival. It is God's, uh, God manifesting his presence in our midst. And so that, that we... You know, it's it's the restoration of life in a believer when we can when we can stray, when we can restore it. I, I know God, uh, we always need to be open for the Lord. I remember as a seminary student, I think God met me in a special way, you know, wherever I, I was studying for the ministry. But I repented of my lack of gratitude for my salvation. Mm-hmm. I repented of my lack of gratitude for his calling to the ministry. So we always want to be open for God to do a fresh thing. I like uh, mm-hmm. God sends revivals. It's a work of God. God sends revival sovereignly, but I remember this statement. God sends revival sovereignly, but he sends it for those who refuse to live without it. That has been convicting to me. There are times I think I'm willing to live without it, quite frankly. I want it, but I'm living willing to live without it, and that's to my shame, not to my credit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Talking with Dr. Bill Thrasher from Moody Bible Institute this morning. and Bill, I'm just curious as to what's going on now. I mean, I know that the Asbury... Revival has broken up, but I'm hearing right, things right. all around the country that are starting to happen. Are you hearing the same thing? I am. I am. Uh, and I, I don't uh, – there at Asbury, I think their they're, they're meetings, they've shifted their evening to off-campus. They're not doing the 24-hour chapel. They've, and uh, so it's like – what I saw, and those there could give you a more authoritative thing, but it was really guided by a spiritual – team you know god in a sense they would just okay god you're doing this we didn't plan this but how can we navigate it and i think they wanted to make sure that there was no man uh that was the a celebrity in any shape form or fashion i think even some people wanted to come oh let me come and speak and they said no we sure appreciate that but i don't i think we're just going to let god work and and Mm -hmm. so they, they navigated that they were very um you know, in regard to the way they had testimonies shared or whatever. So I, I saw it was uh, very spiritually navigated. So they decided that, okay, it was time the president sent out a thing. Okay, this is going to be our last official service or whatever, but we won't, we're not stopping the revival. We want it to continue going. Now, like I say, 200 colleges were represented over the, those period of days of students coming, and we've heard it's broken out in other colleges. So I, that's, I don't know, and there were people from all over the world or whatever came. So, you know, we just mm-hmm. pray that it would spark. You don't have to go to Asbury to have a revival. You can have it right, right. where you are. That's what we want our listeners to know today. Uh, God wants to, and I like this phrase, don't seek a revival, seek the reviver. It's Christ. That, that's, yes. th- there's no greater prize than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that can do things in your life that no one else can do, mm-hmm. and let him do it. Amen. So, Bill, let's talk to that for a minute because we sense a need in our lives and our community and our churches for revival. So how should we pray? Like, how should well, we you know, seek that? I, I love the four cries of the, you know, that um, uh, it's an older video that and, and J. Edward Orr was in a 
authority on revival. It studies all over the world and, and what got it done and whatever. As he talks about the Welch revival, and uh, Ivan Welch, who was a student, went over there and spoke to a prayer meeting. And the, and the thing that sparked it, he gave these four challenges. Uh, they're a part of my prayer life. He'll say, it, he says, okay, confess and forsake any known sin. Confess and forsake any known sin. So I confess and forsake any doubtful habit. Thirdly, obey instantly the, in, the, in your private life the prompting of the Spirit. And fourth, seek to publicly con- acknowledge Christ. Um, those four things, you know, uh, that, that'll put you on. That's what he challenged those individuals that, that stayed around for the, after the prayer meeting when he was this young student was given a chance to. And that sparked that amazing Welch. Welch revival. The uh, see is there is is there any area of our life? I remember this these challenge I've heard and I've given to others. I read somewhere from Life Action Ministry saying, uh, is there any what area of your life, if you fully obeyed, would break down all hindrance between you and God's full blessing? Uh, what does God ask you to start doing? What does God ask you to stop doing? Is there any reason you don't want to do what God says to do, or is there any reason not to do what God says to do? So you know it, it's like. I can't snap my fingers, and I wish I could, and, and cause a, a worldwide revival or a, all over my city or whatever. But any believer could say, God says, I want to revive you today. I want to revive you today. In other words, and so, okay, Lord, is there anything between you and me? Uh, is there anything between you and me? I like that confessing your forsaken mm-hmm. and known sin, any doubtful habit. Uh, obey the prompting of the Spirit and prophecy. And so, uh, Obviously, it's it's to be followed as God knows it by what a continual renewal, learning to walk by the Spirit, learning to walk in the light. Life is a battle, uh, and there are days. Some days, your greatest goal is just to survive the day. I mean, there are hard days. Yeah. Talked about standing firm in the evil day. God understands that, and so it's like whatever makes you feel sense your need for God, whatever makes you sense your need to seek Him, thank Him for it. That's the greatest thing you have going for you. God said to the ancient King, as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. So. Uh, yeah. That's what we desire from our readers. And God wants to, mm-hmm. I, I like, he wants to glorify his name by any restoration he needs to do in your life, my life, any mm-hmm. restoration he wants to do to bring you back to his blessing. I like what he what he said in Ezekiel 36. These have greatly, these last few years have greatly encouraged me. He's talking about his his people. They're outside of the land. They're, they're under discipline. Uh, and I believe that large measures of the American church is under the discipline of God. In this sense, what? God has withdrawn his manifest presence. God is everywhere, but his presence is grieved. It's quenched. It's like we can go and be with God's people, and we maybe say the right words. We sing the right songs, but we leave untouched, and whatever we've done, we haven't worshipped. It's like we need to welcome God. We welcome you. God, we got problems that only you can solve. Mm-hmm. So, God, would you come in our midst? But I like that Ezekiel 36 where he says, uh, you, when you came to the nations, Ezekiel 36, 20, um, they, they profaned my holy name because it was said of them. These are the people of the Lord that they've come out of his land. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations. Therefore, I say to the house of Israel, it is not for your sake so how, is, that I'm about to act, but for my holy name. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which you have profaned among the nations, verse 23, which you have profaned which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I'm the Lord. He says, I'll take you from the, 
the nations, and I'll bring you back to the place of blessing. So, you know, say, God, for the glory of your name, anything you need to do in my life to bring me back to your full blessing, believe God for that. Uh, Mm -hmm. God is quicker. He wants it more than we do. Now, Mm -hmm. that's sometimes when we yearn for something, we we doubt that. But God wants it more than he do. He wants your, your very best. And, you know, it may, revival may look different in different places, may look different in different people. Um, but, and so let's don't have a preconceived idea of how it has to look. Um, and some, see, it's like your faithful work, your faithful work day by day, proclaiming God's word. And, and I know getting up early and all of that, you know, it's, it's continuing doing that. But when God revives, that same effort can produce what? And God can breathe life and power and it can create far greater, far greater impact. That's my prayer. You know, the idea, okay, God, take my feeble efforts and God, would you multiply them? Because I feel like even working day and night, I feel like a minute trying to drink the ocean. You know, mm-hmm. the idea there's so much that needs to be done, but God, would you take our feeble efforts and would you multiply them and would you work across our land? Create interest in people there, God, and God, give them the grace to respond. We pray that for everyone listening to us now. And thank you again for your faithful work. I appreciate you doing that. I know you've done it for many years, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Well, we're grateful for you too, Bill. Appreciate that so much, Bill Crasher. Yes. If you want to find more about uh, his books, he's got some great books on prayer. You know, the, the, the Journey to Victorious Praying, mm-hmm. uh, Study Guide, Video, Book, all kinds of great things, and, of course, other books too. You can find that at moodybooks.org. Uh, but Bill, always thank you for being willing to join us uh, here on the my, show. My pleasure. God bless you.